back in Rhode Island. Back in Rhode Island. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. I'm happy to be home. You know, happy to be you know around my family and shit like that. You yeah. Know? I love the fucking nature here and the weather and all that shit. You know, I, I like the change of seasons, too, because I actually get to have a schedule and, you know, get to look forward to certain things and stuff like that. Like so. certain times of the year and shit. Yeah, no, definitely. Cali's like, it's kind of like one way year round. <laughs> like yeah. summer, almost all the time, I guess. I don't know. Definitely. I don't know how true that is. But Pretty much. Sometimes yeah. of the year you can wear a hoodie, but that's really it. That's rare. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking with the the deer heads and shit. <laughs> Thanks, man. Fucking is that, that's that an elk? Yeah, that's what I thought. I was gonna say that's not a deer. That's an elk. That's too fucking big to be. <laughs> like that shit's huge. Fucking um. So you went through a lot the past like year and no. stuff like that. You feel like mentally in a, in a way better place now, or one hundred and ten percent. I'm probably the most mentally like, you know, mentally there in the best mindset I've probably been in in years for sure word I know you we were open about um, rehab and stuff like that do you kind of want to talk a little bit about that experience like what kind of like what made you wake up and kind of realize like hey I need to finally get help because I don't I feel like a lot of people don't like hit that point you know what I mean or come to that realization where they're like yo and it's okay to talk about a lot of people are embarrassed about it I feel like you know what I mean I like how like you know, our generation is more open about that shit now because I feel like it's fucking important. Like, oh, it no, happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, what kind of brought you to that realization? Uh, so, like, uh, I mean, ever since, like, I mean, way back in the day, like, back when it was, like, me and Prohibio making music, like, me and him would always fuck with, like, all kinds of drugs, but, like, our main, our main drug was always Xanax. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, it was never, like, a consistent thing. It was always on and off and on and off. But it always, like, continued with me throughout the years and stuff like that. And then, like, I was good for a minute. But then when he passed away, like, I, like, completely, like, relapsed, like, bad on it. And I was doing it all the time and stuff like that. And um, But at the same time, still on and off. Um, and then after the Gremlin album dropped... Um, you know, me and Saphir like broke up and stuff like that. And I like was just going through it really bad. Like I was in probably the worst like mental space I've ever been. And I found, uh, oxycodone and that like just helped get rid of those feelings completely. Like I couldn't sleep at night. It was helping me go to sleep at night without like staying up and thinking and checking my phone and putting it down and you know, just like completely got rid of that, you know, emptiness I was feeling and, you know, made me feel like I was all good again. And, um, that went on for a minute while I was in that depressive state. But then once I was like out of that depressive state, like I was like still kind of like hooked on it. Like I was still like doing it all the time. Like, I don't, what's, I'm trying to think. Kind of stuck. Yeah, kind of like dependent on it. Yeah, that's what I was. But not even on it. Not even like addicted, but like my mental was like dependent on it. You know, so like I was, you know, spending you know thousands of dollars on that shit. You know, like just doing it almost every day, and uh, I was having withdrawals when I would stop, and I got to a point where like I just didn't even feel like myself anymore. Like. I wasn't doing the shit I like to do or love to do that I've been doing my whole life, like fishing and hunting and 
even skateboarding. Like I would only do it every once in a while. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like I just don't feel like myself yeah. anymore. Like the oxy wasn't even helping me make music. I don't even think like I was, I ever made a song or wrote a song while on it. Like, so it's not like it boosted me or helped me in any way. It was like just a daily thing to, you know, make my day go by and feel good throughout the whole day. So, um, yeah, no, it got to a point where like, you know, I wanted to feel like myself again, you know, like, and, and also, um, like maybe for the past six months before I went to treatment, like I was just not inspired at all. And the only way I could get inspired, the only, all the songs I dropped in the past six months, I was on a benzo while writing it and while recording it. And it was just because like the reason I was using the oxy to get rid of all those thoughts and to make myself feel good, when I'd go and try to write while sober, all I was doing is overthinking and like, you know, like just having anxiety and like thinking about, you know, about my old stuff and comparing it to my old stuff or comparing it to other people's stuff, other artists, or thinking about what my supporters are going to think. And, you know, like maybe I'd post a snippet and then they'd hate it and then I'd freak out and, you know, go and take another benzo. Like that was the only way I could do it. But when I went to treatment, I realized that I wasn't inspired. Uh, I mean, to each their own. I don't give a fuck what anyone does, but the weed consumption I was doing was draining my serotonin. And then I would go and rely on the benzo to get inspired. Like I was smoking like a quarter ounce a day. God damn. Out of the bong, like not oh, just God damn. Not, not just like taking so not rolling up like literally no, like, like not just, taking just a little rip out of the bong either. I, I like got really into the bong scene where people were doing snaps out of the bong. So I would pack a half a gram, sometimes a whole gram into the bowl <clears throat> and then I would torch that shit. So I, and then snap it all the way through. And I was doing like, you know, seven to fifteen of those a day and I wasn't even getting high anymore. Like it would just make me feel normal. Um, so, you know, like some people say that, you know, they smoke weed for inspiration. I wasn't getting high, so I wasn't getting inspired. Anymore. I think that's big to admit because like in our generation, like where we become has become more acceptable. So many people don't want to admit that it can be a legitimate problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? So many people are like, no, that's weed, man. It's fine. But like, bro, if you want to get better, like you got to like mentally, sometimes you got to put down the weed. Even me, sometimes like I had to stop smoking. You know what I mean? I don't think people realize that. It, it, like bro it was literally like a, a binky for me like a baby's binky yeah. like like whenever I'd be feeling any yeah. type of way like sad mad or depressed I would go and rely on it it was like you know like a binky in a way also like when I'd be out to family dinners or like going anywhere I couldn't smoke all I would be doing was like when the fuck can I get out of here and go smoke like what the fuck when can I go smoke and you know I'm just so happy I don't feel like that anymore because I can go places just a relieving feeling chill you know you don't like, feel so like chained exactly you know yeah. what i mean like because i used to be i used to be like that too like i had end of 2020 i decided to get therapy which is long over fucking due for like shit in my childhood that happened and i had to get sober for that like completely like stop drinking stop smoking mm. uh stop shrooms for a little bit like i just wanted like a completely clear mind mm. like i know shrooms help with depression and all that stuff but like sometimes you just need to like cut everything out and just be like completely sober 
and like it really like changed me like for the better you know what I mean I was able to like collect myself and like now to this day since I started to really work on that and get reconnected with my family like like I feel the same way as you like just in the best like mindset you know what I mean yeah you just don't feel like there's like a cloud over your head anymore and I smoke again now but I feel like I just have a healthier relationship with it. Like, yeah. I smoke, like, I literally buy one-eighth for, like, two weeks. Like, that's how <laughs> little I actually smoke. Like, it's more like a social thing now. You know what I mean? Then, oh, I gotta go to the store. Let me smoke real quick. Yeah. Oh, I gotta go to my cousin's birthday party. Let me smoke real quick. You know what I mean? No, definitely. Yeah. Or, gotta do anything. I gotta get a date later. Let me smoke real quick. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. I mean, like... And that wasn't even the only thing that was fucking with me with the weed. Like, I couldn't even eat more than two meals a day. I felt like I had, like, a ball of air in my stomach. And, like, even when I'd eat those two meals, I couldn't eat as much as, like, I was supposed to. I'd, like, feel like I was in a gag or shit like that. And, like, even, like, all my pictures and shit, like, in the past, whatever, four or five years, like, I have the biggest, puffiest purple bags under my eyes. And that was just from smoking weed because I and I know that because I wasn't on you know those other drugs throughout that whole mm-hmm. time all the time so like you know now I, I mean I I don't have the bad bags anymore and I can eat fucking four meals a day I'm probably getting fat <laughs> right like, it feels but good, not so weight <laughs> yeah no definitely in a good way though you know what I mean but like I think one one thing I noticed you said earlier when you started to talk about um going to rehab and stuff is like you would you found like something like oxycodone and it would you know make you feel normal and mm-hmm. shit like that i hate when i hear it a lot especially like manchester new hampshire where i'm from and where i live right now one of the big cities for heroin overdoses so yeah. it's like a frequent like argument in a conversation amongst people in my hometown and a lot of people say well just don't do drugs mm. you know like well you also don't understand the mindset that drives someone to do something like that you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, when people try things like that for the first time, they're not in like the greatest mindset ever. Like yeah. someone, like people who say that clearly have not had much adversity in their life. Yeah. <laughs> like, but so I think you know what I mean. It's big to kind of acknowledge that it's not as easy as just not trying it. There are like mm-hmm. deeper things, and then when you like find that something like that that makes you like feel normal every day, like it makes it ten times harder to like just get off that you know what i mean it was like that for me with uh codeine for a little bit Mm. like back in like high school like when lean was real popular i was going through like a lot of bullshit like just at home ex-girlfriend type shit so it's like the same thing i was like which i don't know i'm not like caught up with my drugs like that but i'm pretty sure they're in the same category oh yeah they're both they're both opiates you know like i was i was sipping lean too when i was doing the oxycodone and I was doing, like, out-of-pocket shit for the lean, too. Like, I would drive all the way to New York to get it. Or I'd, like, drive all the way to New York to pick up a homie who has this crazy program on his computer where he can write up fake scripts and then would send me into pharmacies to get the the pints of the codeine. And, uh, like, it was crazy. Like, it wouldn't even just be like, oh, I go in there and get a pint of codeine. Like he would make it look so real like I have a certain disorder to get it like it would come with an inhaler and like some other type of medicine too so like I w- it would just be like so chill but it's like so not chill because I could have gotten you know arrested anytime yeah. doing that shit and like and if I did that I'd pay way less for the pint or something like that like 
and just spending so much money on that shit, it's just, you know, not worth it Oh, yeah, it that me. shit is a wallet killer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That shit have your wallet fucking in the hospital type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, I realized after a while, I was like, yo, I'm like paying to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically. Literally, man. I mean, that was even the same for the weed with me. I was relying on the weed to go to sleep. And, like, that was a big concern for me going to um, rehabilitation because, like, I, I, just the first, like, week or two, I was like, fuck, like, how, how am I going to get to sleep every night? But, you know, I ended up being all right. Like, I mean, I brought melatonin to the rehab and they wouldn't, use, I, they took it away from me right really? when I got there. I mean, they had stuff there they could give me, but I was like, you know, like, I'm just going to try not taking anything and just, like, rough it out and like the first like maybe not a week or two maybe just the first week it was like hard like you know i'd end up going to bed at like one and then waking up at five and then constantly like trying to go back to sleep but couldn't type of shit but after a while i realized you know the best way to have a good night's sleep is to wake up early and just be active all day like a normal human yeah being. right you know? like and that that's, that's like it sounds so simple, but it's so hard just to get to that point for some people, including myself. Like, I understand, like, that perspective, too. Like, it's so hard sometimes when you're, like, in a negative mental state or mm. something, like, traumatic has happened to you, which traumatic is different for some people than it is for others. You know what I mean? But, like, it's hard to just be normal. Like, it's hard to just wake up and feel okay, make yourself breakfast, I don't know, go work out or whatever yeah. you do, like go to work like you know most people have to do like it's just fucking difficult for some people you know what i mean yeah and like i i feel and like i feel you on um that's the best way to get sleep because like i had to stop smoking before like sleep because like i wasn't having like dreams i realized that after a while i'm like yo i'm not like I used to smoke before bed every night. I'm like, you know, I'm not like dreaming. <laughs> like I'm not having. I that. don't think I had dreams for years. And then let me tell you, when those dreams came back, they were the craziest fucking dreams yeah. I've ever had in my life. I even like still this morning, every night I dream, and it's some of the craziest shits ever. I didn't even realize, but like, I'd be having like four to seven lucid dreams a month. Where, like, I can control my dream and do you're whatever like, the fuck. You're aware that you're dreaming and yeah. shit is sick. And that shit is crazy. I love that shit. I think so. I've had it happen to me maybe, like, one time in my life where I was, like, aware I'm dreaming but, like, didn't wake up. It was crazy. <laughs> no, it's like, but it's like you... I don't know. I guess you get better at it the more you do it, I've heard. Because it's only happened to me, like, once. But, like, I didn't really... I knew I was dreaming, but I didn't have, like, much control over what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, it shit just happened. And I was just, like, aware that it was a dream. It was wild. But, like, I heard some people, like, you can, like, literally control everything. Oh, yeah. To oh, an yeah. extent that happens. I had a dream, like, last week where, like, I was in, like, college or some shit. And I had a girlfriend, but I was cheating on my girlfriend with this other chick that was hot. And, like, I was just, like, banging her, like, every night. And I was just, like, talking to her. Like, at, like I was talking to her. And I was like, oh, should I tell her this is a dream? Like, nah, I'm not going to tell her this is a dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. You probably wake up at that point. Yeah, well, I, I think you I might. woke up, like, five minutes after I thought that thought in the yeah. dream. And I was like, fuck. Like, I banged her again. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lucid banging i don't know that's crazy but then you know like i mean with the crazy dreams i was having nightmares about relapsing and those were like fucked because i would like say in the dream i would take a drug and i wouldn't it's not a lucid dream so i couldn't control it but i'd take the drug and all of a sudden like i'd be having anxiety and like 
freaking out in the dream and then I'd wake up and I would be sweating and like yeah, my like heart would be beating I'd be having anxiety in real life and like that shit sucked fucking dick and I'm happy I don't have those anymore but I, I definitely had those for like a couple of weeks yeah no I just noticed since I stopped like smoking before bed I'm starting to have like those dreams again I'm gonna look more into it because it fucks with your like your REM sleep or whatever mm-hmm. so like your deep deep sleep like where you dream and shit so very interesting um you ever fucking you ever like wake up because you like thought you were falling or some shit oh, <laughs> like you ever yeah. have that shit you're like holy shit oh yeah <laughs> i've had those before i haven't had one of those in a minute but those are fucked one yeah. time i was i was on the edge of my bed when i woke up and i i almost fell off my bed because i like jerked so hard yeah so, yeah that's just crazy yeah that shit sucks you ever fucking dealt with like sleep paralysis too that shit is like the worst. I've had that happen to me, bro. I've lucid dreamed once, but I've had a sleep paralysis happening like six, seven times. Yeah, it's the worst because like, fucking like you're just like laying there, right? And like your mind wakes up, but your body doesn't, and it's like the most like helpless feeling ever because you can't move anything, but like you're awake. That's wild. the most fucking helpless feeling in the world. God damn. Literally happened like six, seven times. And like, I don't know. Every time after it happens, like I'm like scared to sleep for like a month straight. Yeah. Literally. You can't talk. You can't open your mouth or anything. Like you can't talk. You can't. You're just like sitting there. It's just intense anxiety. But it doesn't last very long. It feels like forever. But like lasts maybe like a couple of minutes. Like at the most. That's scary. Like, so. That shit. No. I, and it's just like. And doesn't think about it. Like. The short time span, or not short time span, but, like, the years that that happened, probably, like, I don't know, when I started smoking at 16, like, all the way to, like, I stopped smoking heavily, like, 23-ish. Mm. So, like, that happened in those time, at that time span. So, I wonder if, like, me heavily smoking before bed every night kind of had something to do with it. Mm. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure and shit. But, um... Yeah, I I guess I get too why they weren't gonna let you bring melatonin in because I don't know what it is. You know what I <laughs> exactly, mean? Exactly. Yeah, they they could have thought any medication but, I was bringing could have been something else. So it made sense. How was like the first night there? Like, how was how, what was it like? Kind of like getting arriving, and then like getting settled. So I mean, like I I I wanted to go obviously because the way I was feeling and shit like that. But it it was like. I mean, on the ride there, I was I was crying mad because I was going to go for 30 days at first. And during that 30 days was going to be my birthday. And I was just not souped to spend my birthday in there and shit like that. Yeah. So I, I got there like upset. But, um, you know, right when I got there, you know, they threw me right into the program with everyone else. And I was doing meetings and shit. And then, yeah, no, I mean, that first night there, yeah, it was definitely sad. But I you know I was determined. You know I, I I knew what I had to do. I knew why I was there, and you know I I knew I had to soak as much in as I can, and you know take it with a grain of salt. So yeah, the first night obviously the sleep was ass. Went to bed at like two, woke up at five, but then right at seven o'clock I got right in the fucking gym with the trainer and shit and started grinding. You know. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, that's dope. Fucking, is that, you kind of still work out now, or is that, like... Oh, yeah, I still work out now. Like, that definitely helps with the sleep and shit, and if I don't work out, it's because I skated for, like, four hours still that day. Still workout. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's still, you active, you know what I mean? Yeah, gotta be. How long were you in there for? I was in there for a total of a month and a half. Um, okay. 
they uh, like after my first month they wanted me to stay for an extra month because they thought you know it would help me it's not that you know i wasn't ready to go but they thought it would help me but i you know i told them i'd stay for extra half a month and then see where it goes there and then uh, i stayed for that extra half of the month and then my life coach you know she felt confident in me and you know ready with me you know she was like you know you you got you can leave now so that's what's up yeah that's what's up you know what kind of like what's your life like now like what's your kind of like day-to-day so i wake up at like 6 50 or 7 every morning and I, i got a puppy while i was in rehab so i got to take her out to go to the bathroom and then uh, I used to not drink coffee, but now I drink coffee Bro, to wake same. up. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I make myself some coffee or I go to this uh, place called the Nitro Bar, get me some nitro coffee. That shit gets me all up and at nice you and know. caffeinated, <laughs> yeah. right? And then uh, I come back and then uh, I plan out my day, you know, either some days I do like a morning AA or an NA meeting or sometimes I'll do it at night. So I might hit a morning one and then after that, you know, take my dog for a walk, you know, maybe go skate, go fishing, go hunting, whatever. And then later in the day, I'll exercise and then have dinner with the family and then uh, hit the AA meeting at night. If that's what it is, if it's not at night, then uh, I play some video games or make some music. Word. It's just kind of chilling and kind of working on yourself and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what's up, man. And fucking, um, what kind of prompted you to move back? to Rhode Island if you want to if you want to go into it. <laughs> yeah no I mean it, it's funny like before me and Saphir broke up it was like kind of already the plan to move back to Rhode Island and um, you know I'm trying to mortgage a house like I'm still on the hunt for a house right now I'm staying with my family right now but I'm you know I'm looking for a looking for a house actively um, but you know funny enough like right when i landed after moving all my stuff out of my uh my old house i mean the lease was going to end too that month too so i I, I, it was the plan anyway Uh, but right when i landed and uh you know got a phone call from Sophia, that was when we or when i broke up with her because i mean you know nothing against her at all you know great artist whatever good person but you know just toxic relationship like wasn't working for the both of us you know it, it was just time to call it quits, so. And that was after I'd already been through all the depressive shit, because, like, maybe a month or two before that, she broke up with me, and it was just, like, you know, a whole up-and-down roller coaster type of thing, and that's what sent me into my depressive state. I was, like, crying every night because of it, so, like, when I broke up with her after getting off the plane, like, I already knew, like, I'd gotten all those emotions out. Like, it, it just seemed like reality to me. I'd already grieved over it all so mm-hmm. it, it was it was all right so yeah that's kind of why I moved back but also because you know I want to be close to my family you know and I, I want to you know be be more in touch with them you know help them out with stuff whenever they need it if someone you know come shovel the driveway or you know run errands for my mom you know watch my little brothers shit like that you know be more in their lives and uh yeah also you know it's just a fucking beautiful place you know? yeah Rhode right. Island's beautiful, man. I like it way more than uh, the West Coast, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I realize the same thing too as I get older. You know what I mean? Mid twenties now is kind of like starting to realize how important like actually being around the family is. Didn't really care about that shit too much like five years ago. You know what I mean? It was always like yeah. I wanted to be going to shows and like hanging out with friends and like bullshitting and stuff like that. But I don't know. The more 
I get older, the more I'm like, damn. You know what I mean? It kind of like starting to cherish like just chilling with the family in the house a lot more. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. So I'm really glad though to hear like you're doing better. Um, I know like a lot of artists are starting to take sobriety more seriously, which is like, it's great to see. You know what I mean? Like I was just talking to Corpse mm. uh, on the phone the other day. And, you know, he's been in AA and stuff. And he was open. I'm saying because he was open about it on his IG, on his Instagram story. I saw him post about it. But um, he's been doing AA and stuff. And, like, I was on the phone with him. And it's just, like, no, we were on, like, video chat. And it's just, like, I can, like, physically hear and see that you're, like, ten times better. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, just his aura is just there. Bro, it was, like, glowing. And it makes me happy. And I can see, like, you're, like, you're just in a better spot than, like, last time oh, we yeah. spoke to last October and stuff like that. You're in, like, a much better place. I can, like, I can feel it and I can, like, tell. So, like, I'm very happy to see that oh, yeah, for, like, yeah. a lot of people. That... No, I mean, even, even I think at during that interview in, in October, that was in the midst of my bullshit. I was definitely off the oxy during that conversation. <laughs> so I'm yeah. definitely happy. Yeah, we linked up again when I'm I think I saw the footage somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. I think I, I got everything backlogged, so probably saw the footage just in yeah, the back yeah. of the van. <laughs> but, um, nah, like, hella happy to see that you're doing much better. Bless. Um, fucking music-wise, how do you feel like now that you're past because the last time we got we've got we've got some singles but the last big thing was the gremlin mm -hmm. how do you feel like everything you've been through now is going to affect your next project um i mean i'm not entirely sure like the gremlin was crazy as fuck for me because i worked on that album for a whole year and that was the plan in the beginning. I was like, oh, I'm going to make an album and I'm going to work on it for a whole year. But doing that, like, fucked with me mentally a lot. Like, you know, it. I'd wake up certain days, try to work on it. And if I just couldn't do it, I would just get pissed, get into like a depressive state. And then I'd just go play fucking video games all day just to like get my mind away from, you know, thinking about how I couldn't do it for that day. Um... So, I'm not entirely sure. Like, for instance, like, from now until 2023, I'm just going to be dropping singles and maybe working on an EP or two and dropping that just to, like, take it easy. But, you know, in, in 2023, I'm definitely going to drop a mixtape, um, possibly an album, or maybe start working on an album in that, uh, in that year and then come out with something like the gremlin but definitely you know way higher standards way more upgraded version of it because uh, i've definitely grown more s mm -hmm. since then absolutely <clears throat> but you know i think it's definitely gonna be easier and easier for me to do projects like the gremlin now that you know i'm not on substances and i'm exercising that part of my brain while not on substances because the creative part of your brain is like a muscle, you know, you got to mm -hmm. work it out and shit like Absolutely. that. So, you know, I'm, I'm taking it slow for the rest of this year just so I can exercise it again. You know, that's what's up. No, yeah. that's dope. That's a good kind of approach overall. Mm. Do you still, um, do you want to have anything else you want to get into in life outside of music? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm getting back into um, photography again as of recently, like the past, uh, you know, six months or something like that. Um, and that has felt really good. You know, I, I picked up uh, a film camera, like the same one I used to use back in the day. And I've been doing that. So I'm trying to get into uh, developing my own film. Um, and then I'm probably going to get back into digital photography a little bit after that. But then in, you know, the future, like maybe in a year or two, I'm going to go back to college. And uh, That's what's up. Yeah, I don't know what I want to major in yet. There's a, a bunch of, you know, things I got on my plate for uh, options. But, you know, I think that'll be really cool. I'm excited for yeah. that. Yeah. No, it's good that you're expanding your horizons. You know what I mean? Because, like, music's cool, but it's always, like, because, like, even, like, we were just talking about for the cameras, like, me trying to get into game design. Like, yeah. I've just been making music, like and beats and doing podcasting for so long it's kind of like i want to branch out and do other things too yeah so nah that's real dope you're gonna get uh gizmo the film director soon <laughs> get a gizmo horror movie no definitely man definitely I, I that's always been a dream of mine too is i think you were saying a part of the reason uh why you got into beats was uh because of well, what did you say video game music video game music yeah. so part of the reason i got into uh you know making music is because of horror movies and like you know like just movies in general so i've always wanted to you know have my music in a in a film or a horror film or you know a cartoon so it's obviously it's hard to do that it's just a musician so i'm trying yeah. to get into that shit and you know freaking i'll just make it myself if i have Hell to yeah. you know nah definitely that's fucking fire yo fucking mad happy to see everyone doing well bro like <laughs> yeah, this year's getting a lot of good news People I fuck with just doing better. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean? I made a lot of friends over the years, you know, doing this call classic podcast and shit. So it's like, glad to see like everyone really like doing well. Makes me happy. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, dude. No, me too. Everyone growing and kind of like expanding their horizons and shit like that. Yeah. So I'm really, really fucking happy to see it, man. Fuck it. I know we just talked about this a little bit off camera, but what games are you playing right now? <laughs> I'm still trapped on Warzone, like Warzone, man. a bunch of people. You I know? haven't even touched it, bro. I'm slacking. <laughs> what should should I? What do you got? You got PS5 or Xbox? I got PS5 and Xbox, but the oh, reason the reason I got both is because the PlayStation Five doesn't have. I mean, it has a good amount of storage, but if I'm trying to play all the new PS5 games, I can't have 300 gigabyte Warzone on yeah. that console. So I got all my shooting games on my Xbox. Um, well, I don't have either. I have a Switch. So like, yeah. what, what what should I get? I want to get, I need to get something else, you know what I mean? Just to expand my gaming horizons, because I'm such a fucking diehard Nintendo fanboy. Yeah. But it's like, I got a PS1 and a PS2, and I got an original Xbox, and I had yeah. a 360, but like after that, I got, it's all straight Nintendo. So it's like, what do you, what in your opinion, Xbox versus PlayStation, like, you got to tell someone they got to pick one. Well, I, I mean, like, if you just been playing on the Switch for all these years, freaking, I, me personally, I would get a, get an Xbox, not only because it's cheaper, but it's also more available right now. Oh, yeah. Um, I heard the PS5s are, like, impossible. It's ridiculous. I got lucky as fuck and got it on the day it came out. Fucking glitched my computer. It said sold out, and I got pissed, and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it went into my cart, and I was like, "Yo!" <laughs> and then I got to go pick it up the next day at yeah. Target. So I got lucky That's as hell. All my homies couldn't even get one for months Damn, and months after bro. that. 
Um, but yeah, freaking, I, I would definitely get the new Xbox. Like, I don't know, like, it's like either you get a, the new Xbox or you wait for a chance to get the PS5 or you just go back to the PlayStation 4. So it's like, I don't know, I, me personally, I would get the Xbox just yeah. to like get back into it. You know, they're only like 250 bucks or something like that. Oh, word. And like, A lot yeah. more readily available, like you said. And it's fast as fuck, too. Like, I mean, I play word. both and they both have the same kind of speed for me. So, yeah, that's that's what I would do. Thankfully, Sony's still been putting a lot of support behind the PS4, though. Oh, I yeah. think they're doing oh, yeah. that to kind of pick up for the slack of the PS5. <laughs> it was just like, bruh. It was just a terrible time to put that out. So bad. Middle like, of COVID. That was yeah, ridiculous. Nobody could... They, they just literally... Because like, cause we're in the middle of COVID, the demand for them was so high because everyone was at home. Mm-hmm. And they just like couldn't fill that demand. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even fill that demand if it was like a third less because we weren't in COVID. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, they just couldn't... Man- literally just physically couldn't manufacture enough and yeah just terrible time to drop it you know what i mean terrible still year like how long has it been year and a half since they dropped that shit it was november of 2020 so it's about to be two years soon it's like it's been two years, and why the fuck is it still so it's hard still, to get it? Like, yeah, it's the online hard. the online support for that must be shit. Maybe not the support, but like just online play in general, just because like the amount of people that just don't have one that would normally be on there. Yeah, that's probably why they're still fucking servicing the fuck out of the PS4 though. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, every game's still going on PS4. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, just so we can still make money. Cause like I don't think a lot of people realize they don't make money on the consoles. Yeah. They actually like yeah they actually lose about a hundred and two hundred dollars every one they sell. <laughs> yeah, they make that's it, crazy. Yeah, they make it back up in the games. That's crazy. Yeah, like I think the three sixty came out and it was such a high price, but they were selling it like a two hundred fifty dollar loss per console. That's nuts. all. Every, like every, the Switch is sold at a loss too. Every console pretty much you buy after the GameCube and like the original Xbox is sold at a loss because like the hardware. In the, it mm. costs so much money, yeah. but like they make it up because like, as a developer, like say I want to get my game on Xbox, they're taking seventy percent of my sales. Oh no! You know what I mean? Yep, so that's that where they're making sense. the money back is on the games. First party titles, of course, are all the bread and butter. Is that? But like, fucking indie developers, just like side dishes. They just take seventy percent of all their sales. So mm. it's like. It's interesting, like, strategy. The gaming industry is fucking crazy. No, it's definitely not. But this isn't a gaming podcast. We'll stop boring (laughs) you guys with all that shit. Um, Yeah, man. I want to hear, fucking as a fan and shit, I really want to hear you do some more Boom Bap shit. Like, I love Sus. Like, Sus is still on favorite songs about you. Fuck yeah. And shout out to Mavo, because that was a hard verse. Yep. Shout out to Mavo. I want to hear more boom bap gives, man. Just as a fan. No, I definitely need to, man. I I'm gonna get back into it. That's I mean, I love rapping on boom bap beats. It's just about you know getting the beats. You know, like it's funny. I remember back in like you know 2015, 2016, uh, everyone would always ask Sesh Hollow Water Boys like, oh, when are you guys gonna, you know, make a, another song with all you guys on it? And Bones would always be like, when you guys fucking send me longer beats. So it's like it's all about yeah. just the beats I get, but you know, me and MK Ultra are gonna link up soon, um, and he's gonna come down here, and he said he wants to produce some shit for me, and then we're gonna make some rap shit together. So 
I'm definitely gonna press him oh, yeah, and do some his. boom bap shit. You know what I'm saying? I love his boom bap yeah. shit. Yeah. He makes whenever nah, he makes him boom and bap shit. Ugh. What's that song? I was just fucking listening to it today. Creation Myth, the him and fuck it. Yeah, that oh, song is so, so fire. fire. So bro, MK is a gem. Yep, he's a genius. Bro is literally like Flocka was telling me MK can play like he can't even keep track of the amount of instruments that MK is like playing. <laughs> like for real, man. Bro, I can't even like I see bro like on tour with Darky right now. Yep. Like, and he's like you know doing a lot of guitar shit. Cool. I knew MK play guitar and like. I was looking at Pat's Instagram story. Like, MK's on the drums now. Mm. And I'm just like, okay. And then Flacco was telling me he can, like, play the violin or some shit. Like, I don't know. MK's wild. Yeah, no. Like, crazy. Me, me and MK met in, like, 2016 or something like that. Um, and yeah, I, I noticed he was on one of your earlier projects. Oh, man. One of my earliest. Like, my second mixtape I ever dropped on SoundCloud called I, I'd Rather Kill Myself Before You Do. He produced a song on there, and that was before he'd ever started uh, publicly rapping, I, I think. And uh, I'd only known him as a producer at that point. And uh, then, yeah, we linked up in real life in, like, 2016 at one of my shows. And, yeah, we just became, you know, really good bros. And, you know, he's just so fucking talented, you know. And he's crazy talented. I, I'm so proud of him. You know, he's finally getting some of the shine he deserves. And... He's just come a long way. Like he's always been so talented, but man, the stuff he's making now, yeah. the stuff he's doing now, it's fucking insane. He deserves it too. Like you can tell. Like I love when genuine people win. Yeah. Like it's not like he's just some asshole exactly. who's like getting all these opportunities. Like he genuinely fucking like deserves everything <laughs> coming from. Like he's a genuine. Like I can tell. Like watching him perform and like when I went when I was fortunate enough to go on the east coast tour with them i went on like six dates with them like you could just tell like he's fucking like loves it like mm -hmm. he puts his all into it like he's like just so happy to be a part of it so yeah. it makes me happy to see everything coming for him and it makes yeah. me also happy to hear that you guys are gonna work on more shit oh no i know like i'm not putting all his information out there but i know he's closer to this area now mm -hmm. so that makes that more fucking um capable yeah. of him coming here and working with you so that's dope and that excited to hear what you guys come up with yeah. but boom bap gizmo some <laughs> crazy shit you need some rap gizmo yeah man. like because i haven't really heard how many boom bap tracks you got you got sus is that it sus i got one called puff the magic dragon i got um oh me and mk ultra's mixtape we made mad long ago called spider crab people we got two on mm -hmm. there one of them is called uh trash men that one is one of my favorites i'm gonna have to go man. look that up after you're gonna have to look yeah, up I'm trash definitely going to. that that one goes hard as hell uh i think i got a few others but i can't even think of them but yeah i i got a handful oh no i got one with red zed uh called ghoul and that one's fucking insane he Red Zed is from Czech Republic. He's the reason why I uh, got to go out there and tour like twice or whatever. And we filmed a music video out there for it. And that shit has like a little bit over a million plays on uh, on YouTube. So yeah. that that was really cool. Shouts out to Red Zed. He makes all his own beats too. And a lot of them are very boom bap, rock and roll type bass beats. And crazy as fuck. You know who's making tight boom bap beats too? But like he don't he don't really be... Able to get him out there like that, Sonny Vega. Oh yeah, Sonny Vega makes tight fucking boom bap beats. You're right, but he produces a lot of like, he doesn't like the beats of the placements that he gets. Like the more popular songs he does, those don't 
don't always get placed or like get out there for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's the type of artist where like he works heavily with this kid Deep October right mm. now, who isn't boom bap at all. Like, <laughs> Sonny Sonny can make some hard boom bap beats. So no. Sonny, you gotta send him a pack. Yep. Like I know you're gonna watch this, so send just send, him, send pack, him a fucking brother. pack to his email. <laughs> Um, you know who else makes good boom bap beats, uh, but I, I don't know how much he does it, but uh, Corpse. Yeah, our, nah, Corpse makes hard boom bap beats, bro. Our one song that he produced, Dying Dog, it's like, it's not necessarily a boom bap beat, but the drums are very much boom bap. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that song goes hard as fuck, too. Like Imperfect, too. It's mm-hmm. a great song by him. Um, but it's just one of those more popular songs, too. I don't know. No, Fanu. Fanu is hard. Mm. Fucking, that's a boom bap beat with him, Darky, and Brumane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that, that one. That shit, that's one of Corpse's better beats, too. <laughs> like, I love Corpse's boom bap shit, too. Yeah. Fucking, um, nah, Corpse is a hard producer, too. For you real? You and him will be hard on some of his beats, too. Have you, I know you guys have worked together. You ever hit one of his beats? Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that Dying okay. Dog yeah. song, and then, um... I think we made one or two that I didn't release, um, but yeah, me and him need to work on a bunch of more stuff too. Like, I mean, we got to make a song, a vocal song together too. We talked about it when they were on tour last time. You know, we were gonna make a EP or something like that. So, I gotta hit him up and talk about that again because that would go hard as fuck. I love his screams. He's fucking, he's crazy. Yeah, Corpse is crazy talented too. Like. All of them, all of them Spider Gang guys are fucking. There's like, there. It's one of those rare groups where it's just like, damn, I can't find a single one of you that's just like not good. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. They're all very talented. Like every group or every kind of collective always has those artists. I'm not crazy about it, but it's just like all of them. I'm like, damn, all of you guys are just wildly talented. I mean, like for instance, Odd Future. You know what I'm saying? They're all different levels. Yeah. Of, you know, like whatever. But like with that, with fucking Spider Gang, they all go crazy as fuck. Like, yeah, definitely. You can go to each one of their. Um, you know, catalogs and find some harder shit that you'll probably like, yeah. Yeah. Fucking, um, I know we talked our first interview. I'm trying to get away from those kind of like basic questions, like <laughs> in second interviews and shit, but like, like, I know you were up on Gucci, you know, when I mean, when you mm. were younger, you liked a, a lot of obviously metal and stuff like that, but mm. like, boom bap wise, like rap wise, I know we were just talking about that, like, what are some of your favorite groups from like that era? Shit, I mean, like, I mean, I, I grew up like as in a young age, you know, with all that, you know, Wu-Tang, shit like that, but the stuff that really stuck out to me, maybe not when I was super young, but when I got a little older in my teens, I mean, when I was younger, I loved Ghostface Killer. Ghostface is my favorite Wu-Tang. As a rapper, he's my favorite Wu-Tang member. RZA is probably <laughs> Rizza's probably my favorite Wu Tang member overall, but yeah, Rizza's yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, when That's I got sick. when I got older, man, um, Lloyd Banks. Okay, I got mad into yeah. Lloyd Banks, and he got a lot of boom bap tracks, and even you know, you know, a lot of his new stuff is still boom bap, and I love how he. he I don't even know he still. I don't even know he still drops. Bro, he dropped an album I think last year, and he there's some crazy tracks on there. There's one called like. Flam- I don't even know how to say the word, but yeah, there, I have at least like five of them in my likes. Um, and then a new artist, uh, dude, I fucking love Benny the Butcher. 
Benny the Butcher is fucking hard, so bro. Good. Bro, people say rap is dead. Benny the Butcher, West Side Gun, killing it. For real. Griselda all day. For real. Bro, fucking... Who, who am I not thinking of right now that's also... It's gonna fucking... There's a third artist I said in that <laughs> argument. And it's gonna drive me nuts if I don't fucking say it. Benny the Butcher, West Side, Freddie Gibbs. Yo, Freddie, Freddie Gibbs, Gibbs yeah, fucking yeah. going All crazy, bro. Oh my god! At forty-five years old, Freddie Gibbs is fucking out rapping everybody, bro. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, dude. And then when I grew up, I was listening to Mad Retchy P, the fucking Polo Sporting Goods. Yeah. Take, oh my god! Hard, that never gets old, man. But then yeah, Conway the Machine is the third guy I was thinking of, <laughs> bro. Rap is not dead, bro. bro. They're all fucking killing that shit, yo. Bro, this one Freddie Gibbs tape fucking inspired the fuck out of me. I gotta look it up. It's one of his fucking... uh, Yeah, Pinata. Pinata goes fucking nuts. Pinata goes fucking I remember when that came out. What's that big-ass cypher track? He's got Mac Miller on there, Dumbo Genesis. Is it the title track? Yeah, I think think it's the title track. I want to say it is. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Freddie Gibbs is one of those rare artists, bro. Where, like, every album gets better. Mm-hmm. And, like, you mm-hmm. rarely ever see that. Like, no. like, because, like, fucking, when I turn 26, I'm like, god damn, I'm 26. Like, fucking, <laughs> I'm closer to 30 than 20 now. I'm yeah. just like, could I even, like, keep doing this shit? Like, am mm-hmm. I getting too old? And you find out Freddie Gibbs is, like, 45. West Side Gun is for fucking 39. Dude, yeah. And they're all just fucking finally starting to get... Benny the Butcher's damn near late 30s, too. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, damn, they're all just finally getting, like, the global recognition they deserve. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. That age shit definitely doesn't fucking bother me as much as I used to. And honestly, it has a lot to do with them. I mean, like, even like even like Jay Z didn't start rapping till he was thirty years old or something like no, that. No, he didn't drop his debut till he was like twenty seven. Like, twenty seven, yeah. Yeah, like reasonable doubt. It was like twenty seven or some shit. Even Kendrick didn't drop Good Kid, Mad City till he was twenty six. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it's just like, cause it's just like, you look at the world now, and it's, especially a lot of it has to do with online. You see all these young kids figuring out how to use the internet and shit mm-hmm. like that it's just I like, mean all oh. these mad young kids popping off too I remember when Maddox started popping off like yeah I mean who else like there's Shout so, out many, Maddox, so many so many young young artists like just popping off when they're in their teens oh like freaking even Chief Keef he started blowing up when he was 16 yeah, like 16 <laughs> like, like crazy yeah like that that definitely makes you know you know people or artists be like oh fuck like am I too old when I'm in my mid 20s and stuff like that but it's like nah a lot of these a lot of these guys that are, you know, big and established, they, they definitely started when they were in their late 20s. Some of them even early 30s. So. It just For me, I had to realize, bro, just where you can't, like, even you, earlier you kept saying, like, you were, like, comparing yourself to yourself and other artists. And, like, you can't compare yourself to anybody, including yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I feel like that's very important for everyone to realize like you being you is like your greatest asset and i don't oh, think yeah. a lot of people tend to realize that i think a lot of people tend to like look at someone like nba young boy coming up at fucking 16 years old type yeah. shit, you know what i mean being one of the youngest ever artists to reach his level of like numbers wise success you know what i mean yeah. and i say numbers wise success because that's very different success than you know mentally being successful oh, you yeah. feel me and, so. and I, I mean, I definitely got back into this mind state that I'm in for music because of freaking AA and NA. Because one of the biggest things in there 
Because when you go to an NA or AA meeting, like the biggest thing is to not compare yourself and what you've been through or the stuff that you did to other people. Because that's not what it's about. If you do that, you know, the, the program just ain't going to work. You know, you, you go into that shit, um, you know, just trying to take out of what other people say or speak um, and try to relate to it. You know, you, if you're in there comparing yourself, then the whole time you're going to be like, oh, well, that person's worse than me. Like, maybe I don't belong here and all this stuff. But it's like, no, I mean, if, if you're there, you know, you're there for a reason. So it's like, you, you just got to, you know, take it all in and try to learn from it. And that's what I'm trying to do now with life. You know, I'm just yeah. trying to take it all in and learn from it and then put it into the music. Well, shit. Fucking... We're getting to the fucking hour mark now. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to fucking you want to add? Um, I don't really think so. You know, man. I'm just we covered a lot of bases. Yeah, no. I just wanted to say, you know, I'm definitely happy that I'm still fucking here, still able to make music. Oh, yeah, that's important. Man. Um, you know, I'm excited to drop more music, and uh, you know, shout out to you for coming hey, out here. Thank and, you. You know, shout out to everybody that's watching this. And, you know, I love my supporters. You know, that's that's all I got to say. Yeah, man. Real glad we could have this conversation. Definitely long overdue. I think because last time we spoke was like December 2019. Yeah, man. Like a while ago. Almost three, <laughs> almost three years now. It's crazy to think I've been doing interviews that long. I used to suck. It's <laughs> like, yo, I sucked. <laughs> it was I, so awkward on you camera. You were just grinding, bro. You were just grinding. Hey, I mean, that's I, the best way to figure it out, though. You know it, what I mean? Bro. Really, just fucking just dive in and just do it. That's and why you, I tell everybody. Just you learn from your first. mistakes, bro. You learn from your mistakes. That's how I learned how to make music. You know, like, yeah, I didn't yeah. come into this shit the best ever. Like, I'm, I'm like, half of my supporters go back and listen to that song. I have a little peep. And half of them are like, oh, this is fucking ass. And the other half are like, oh, this is great. Because, you know, it's the old you. But I go back to it and I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, I wish I could redo that today, obviously. Yeah. Because, like, I would obviously, you know, put into it what I know now and, you know, I'd be able to mix it. Like, my vocals on that were raw. Like, I didn't know what the oh, fuck really? I was doing. Nope, Damn. not touched at all. So, like, you know, it, you learn from your mistakes. You learn as you go. And that, I think that is the best way to fucking learn shit, man. Prohibio, too. I know we talked a lot about Prohibio mm. in the unreleased interview that probably won't come out when we're in the back of the van. Um, <laughs> fucking, I think we barely spoke in the first interview about him but how did you guys like end up linking up for the first time i know you told me the story about you guys was it prohibio you guys were like in the shack by like oh yeah fucking oh yeah stealing electricity and walking to the store and shit remember oh, you told yeah. me that story but how did you meet him originally bro i i was living in this house and you know i was obsessed with underground music you know i was obsessed with Seth hollow water boys you know black cray you know all the all the underground shit and you know i was trying to make my own that this was like maybe a little bit before like i, I made that song with peep or whatever and then um like i i was up at like one in the morning and xavier wolf dropped a mixtape and i went through the whole entire mixtape and then i got to this song called psychopaths and i pressed play and then right when i heard that fucking drop i was like holy fucking shit I need to figure out who the yeah. fuck produced this. I need to hit them up right now. So I went and saw who produced it. It said Prohibio. Never heard of the fucking name before in my life. Went and, uh, you know, found his Twitter, followed him, found his email. You know, I immediately hit him up and, uh, you know, started talking back and forth. I bought a few beats off him 
and I, I thought you know he was just mainly producing but then I found out he was also doing you know vocal tracks and stuff like that so I checked out some of his rapping and you know I, I wanted to make some rap songs with him so we could like rap over his beats and then you know this was like my junior year in high school when, when that happened and so we, we talked and would make music for like over a, or about a year on, on the internet and like just doing that on the internet talking every day you know talking on the phone you know like tweeting at each other every day like we already knew that we could be like best friends you know like I've never experienced that with anyone before in my life but we just connected bonded had the same sense of humor you know like the same kind of shit same kind of music so we just knew that we could be best friends. So like, uh, you know, I, I ended up, um, I was in college for like two months. I dropped out of college and I, uh, I ended up flying out to the shack in the woods, whatever, in the Bay Area. And uh, we lived together for whatever, you know, two or three years. But yeah, that's when, uh, that's when I really started learning from my mistakes. You know, every track we would make, every track he would record me over, you know, every time he'd mix and master my vocals, it would just get better and better and better. And yeah, that's that's how we met. And, you know, how we bonded and shit. And that that shit was crazy. How is um, how is him not, you know, being here anymore kind of affected your whole outlook on life? Like, how is how is he as a person? Let me rephrase that question. How is he as a person, and you being able to have this experience with him? with him experiences with him affected your life overall man i mean like without prohibio <clears throat> there definitely would it not be gizmo there you know there wouldn't be any of you know a lot of y'all's favorite songs like there would definitely not be no i put my dick in your mental there definitely wouldn't be you know most of my screaming shit like I didn't start doing that until I got to his house and he showed me how to record stuff like that, showed me how to mix and master vocals like that. Um, you know, like he he taught me most of everything I know today about music. <clears throat> he taught me that I can make music in my room and have it sound like professional music that I grew up listening to. Um, you know, he definitely gave me the hope that I have now that, you know, I can keep going and do this shit, you know, for the rest of my life. And, you know, things aren't going to stop here. You know, they can only get better and better. Um, you know, for years, though, like it messed me up when he passed away. You know, I, I thought, you know, I had to, you know, smoke weed and do drugs like for him to turn up for him. But that was definitely not the move because the way he passed away was in a car crash under the influence only like a thousand feet from his driveway. Um, so that like messed me up for years and years. But my first week in rehabilitation, I went to my first ever AA meeting and there was a speaker and he said, um, you know, he was trying to get sober at one point in his life and um, his brother and sister were still using, you know, under the influence. And uh, then his dad died from, uh, from alcohol. And he obviously grieved it, but he said that no matter how horrible that was, the best thing he could do was look at that in a sense as it being a gift from God to help him stay sober 
and to help maybe his brother and sister possibly get sober. So that's how I'm trying to look at it now. And that definitely helps me a lot every day. Because until then, until I heard that, you know, I was still crying at least two times a week over that man, you know. Yeah, that was hard, my best man. friend. It's not yeah. easy. Not easy at all. Definitely. Um, but on a lighter note, bro <laughs> did make Xavier Xavier Wolf's hardest hardest song, hardest and biggest song to this hardest day. song. The Attack <clears throat> on Titan sample, so legendary, insane, fucking. And I just the, I just wanted to throw that in because like I I know how important he is to you, and I want everyone else to know. No, definitely. You know, he was a great a great producer, and definitely deserves the recognition. So, fucking. Thank you for having this conversation with me. I think it was very, you know, beyond just us touching base in the music. It was very important to talk Definitely. about, like, mental health. And, like, because a, a lot of these fans, bro, like, they listen to the music and shit and, like, listen to the podcast and interviews and shit. And it kind of, like, helps them in their personal life. So, like, hearing yeah. someone they look up to talk about it is, like, very important. So, like, I'm glad that you're open about it. You know what I mean? So, you know, your fans can kind of, like, take that. So, yeah, and, man. like, apply it to their own life and, like, be able to, like... You know, if Gizmo can do it, I can too. You know yeah, I mean? no, as definitely. corny as that might sound to some people, it's true. For real, man. I mean, like you know? for real, to any supporter of me or any supporter of the podcast, like, don't be afraid to, you know, ask for help. You know, if you're struggling or, you know, if you don't feel like yourself in any type of way, anything I said that resonates with you, don't feel afraid to ask for help because things can only get better, you know? Yeah, exactly. And us as men, like, especially our generation, our parents' generation, we're just taught to, like, bottle that shit up and it's yeah. not healthy. Like, I'm so happy, like, mental health is such a big topic today. Like, yeah. it, it's very important, especially with everything that's, you know, happened the past couple weeks, you know, mm. in America. Like, yeah. it's it's even more of an important conversation now. You know 100%, what I mean? 100%. So, 100%. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a good episode. My boy Gizmo, and we'll talk to him again. Um you know, hit the subscribe button, all that cliche YouTuber bullshit. <laughs> so, go do that shit. Hit up Gizmo. Follow him. Follow me. You know, social media things are like right here somewhere. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, peace. Peace.